0: To the point where, like, he ducks all over me. The entire practice starts laughing. My team, his team, we were doing like a, you know, a scrimmage. At that point, uh, I remember trying to inbound the, the ball to my point guard, Jason Flowers, who was was on the second team with me. And it took like a good 10 seconds to inbound the ball because he was laughing so hysterically. <laughs> he was, in, I'm, and I'm sitting there, I'm about to cry. Like, I, I really just like it's embarrassing.
1: seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome everybody to the Anthony Irwin Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, a special episode. I'm, I'm I'm really, really grateful that this guy is, is hopping on with us. He is not just most of our favorite presences on Twitter, but LeBron's favorite Twitter follower. Uh, Josiah Johnson hopping on here. Thank you very much for giving your time, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you having me. I've been waiting to come on, so I'm glad you reached out. <laughs> well, I wanted to start there. So the Lakers just waved a bunch of guys, uh, you know, now that training camp is behind them, they have an open roster spot. They have a two way spot. We know that you're great at, at social. Well, they already have miles Simon doing uh, work with the pro team and the G league team. So have they offered you a, uh, I guess it would be a three-way spot, right? It would be social G league and NBA uh, <laughs> NBA minutes at the wing. <laughs> is that, is that I mean, in the works? You know their their
0: salary is very slim right now, so they they don't be able to give me a little bit of bread. I need that max deal, so but I definitely rock with them. I do it for free, man. You know I love LeBron, so wherever LeBron's at, I support and uh, just try to, you know, really endear myself to to the fan base and just try to come through as possible. So excited, excited to be here and ready for this season.
1: Did you put me in the room with you the first time LeBron quote tweeted you? Like was that just like you get the notification? You're just like, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's
0: it's still I actually he, he did did it last night after the Dodgers one I put up a Caruso Austin Reeves tweet that I didn't really think much about it was a preseason game and then literally yeah. I'm watching the Dodgers game watching the Dodgers beat the Giants to go to the, the NLCS and uh you know I look up and LeBron is quote tweeted the the Caruso Reeves tweet. So I'm literally sitting there cracking up like the game it just ended against the Kings I'm like yo did he really did he tweet this from the bench like where'd, where'd he go but Anytime, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, he, I think the first time was uh, in March during March Madness. I did a, a thread on UCLA men's basketball. as was a player there and just, uh, you know, the, the Long Ridge tradition of, of, of dudes rocking curls there at UCLA, the, the light skinned <laughs> curl that, that we have there. And, and he hit that one. And it's definitely like a Pinterest moment, just knowing that LeBron's out there. I always, I always thought that maybe he, he was looking at it from burners or. He, he saw yeah. some of the content, but he can never engage with it. obviously he's a you know high-level athlete, he has a brand to worry about and protect. But to see him engage with the stuff, man, every time he does it is awesome. I giggle, you know, if you could hear
1: me, I, I just giggle like <laughs> a little child every time it happens. So I would, I would, I don't even know what I would do. Like I for one thing, I'd be terrified about the mentions afterward because yeah. you know, you never know how that's gonna go. But but yeah, on top of that, you know, he's LeBron. So that's that's pretty freaking awesome. The the, the last question I have before we move on to like Lakers and other stuff like that. Um, you have the most robust, you know, uh, video collection ever. (laughs) And, and I'm just kind (laughs) of curious, like, do you walk around and, and like look at moments and think to yourself, like, Ooh, that could, that could have been memed? or like, how does that process actually go down where you just, you see a show and you're like, Oh, that's, that's something that I'm going to use later because it is going to be relatable is that do you speak like so for me I kind of liken it to one summer I spent the entire summer with my uh, Mexican family in El Paso and because of that time and because I had to learn and speak Spanish and and at least understand it by the time I left I was actually dreaming in Spanish so like do you dream in meme like is this is (laughs) how does that go down
0: I mean, I see a meme form. It's funny. My, my older brother sent me a tweet from like Uber that says like the human brain can remember like 3 million hours worth of like TV shows and movies or something like that. And I definitely feel like I'm, I'm teetering close to that point because, uh, you know, I'm I'm a little bit on the 30 years old. So I just have a robust, you know, experience from the 80s, 90s, 2000s of just so much big content. So when I see things now, it's definitely a meme form. And, you know, I'll just stuff will just pop in my brain and my head from stuff that I've seen throughout my life. And it, and it'll just come to me. And it's like, I got to put it up as quick as possible uh, to get it out there. Uh, But yeah, it's, it's really, it's, it's, it's an interesting thing, but uh, I just try to try to keep the clip ready and loaded at all times. Whenever I see things, I'm like, Oh, this reminds me of that scene in that TV show or this scene in that movie Mm -hmm. or, or this thing that happened, or, you know, Caruso, Austin Reeves, and it was an Obama uh, (laughs) medal. Yeah. But it popped in my head and I'm just like, oh, wait, Caruso's in Chicago. I Literally, that's kind of the train of thought of how those things happen. And then it'll just spiral effect the stuff that goes out. But I'm just super thankful, man. People laugh because generally if I giggle about it, I don't really care if anybody else likes it. But when I put it out there and other people get it and they can relate to it. And it's definitely people in a certain genre, like over 30s generally, you know, you don't yeah. really get my stuff if you're younger. Younger people, as you mentioned, like when LeBron, whenever he hits any of my tweets, I know I'm just going to get hit by a barrage of trolls and 15 to 18-year-old who are just yeah. so mad that they can't understand these things and think they're so unfunny. <laughs> and so you're like, look, there's tons of that you guys laugh at that. I don't think it's funny, but I don't spend my days telling you guys how, how funny I think your guys' stuff is. I just go on living my life. But I just try to keep the clip loaded at all times, have the library ready to go. I really compare being like a DJ. You know, when yeah. you're a DJ, you know, at the club, you got to just stack a crate full of records. And what record are you going to pull out at that right moment? That's going to get the crowd really jumping and going. So that's what I try to do every time I, I put up some content.
1: Well, you, you tend to get the crowd going uh, just about every single time uh, that he is here. Uh, by the way, you can find Josiah um, in on out of pocket on buckets. Um, and then Colin in black and white is going to be airing on October 29th, just right around the corner here. Um, the newest trailer on that just dropped and it looks incredible. So I'm looking forward to, to all of that. Um, I'm just kind of curious so your dad played for the Bucks the Clippers and the Warriors you both went to UCLA Um, your fandom there like it it, are you you know do you rock with the Lakers is it like uh, is it it, when you rock with the Lakers does your dad ever say like you know I I played for the other guys over there that's they paid me they cut checks (laughs) how how does that go down so my dad played for
0: Donald Sterling, first and foremost. So, you know, mm. all bets are off at that point. So <laughs> I wouldn't say it was the most, uh, you know, my childhood when he was with the Clippers in the most ideal time. You know, I remember seeing Elgin Baylor there, who was a GM. And as a kid, you didn't really know the rich history he had as a Laker and just kind of all the amazing things he did as a basketball player. All you saw was El kind of looking disgruntled and frustrated all the time. And as a mm. kid, not really understanding why. Then as you get older, you start to hear more of the st- the stories about Sterling and just yeah. kind of what he was like under his ownership and just how cheap he was. And he put my dad through a lot of hell too. So definitely there was no love lost in that regard, but I'm, you know, as I, as I said, to 2003 I've been rocked with LeBron. So, you know, there's a sect of fans who are fans of LeBron and I'm a big fan of player empowerment nowadays. So yeah. some people kind of bash us, hate on us, or whatever it may be, but we support LeBron, you know, full heartedly. So wherever LeBron goes, we go for me though. It was great. You know, I was, I was, I grew up a Clippers fan. Obviously my dad played there. But uh, once LeBron came to the Lakers, it was no issue for me to to, to, to move over, I, yeah. you know, the Lakers. Growing up, even when you're a Clippers fan, you're very cognizant of everything that the Lakers do, right? You watch Lakers games. We used to watch games on KCAL 9. Who's not yeah. going to watch Magic? Kareem, Byron Scott, Cooper. I used to go to Cooper's basketball camp every year as a kid. You yeah. know, you're not you're not going to avoid, you know, Lakers in, in L.A. playing at the men's gym at UCLA when Magic shows up and some of these other guys, guys like Kobe, pull up. Of course, there's always going to be that level of respect. You know, it's like UCLA and SC. We may beef with each other, but at the end of the day, I'm representing California to the fullest. So Mm. if SC is not playing UCLA, I'm rooting for SC to win that game because I don't want people to bash my city. You know, I don't want Notre Dame to beat SC. I don't care about Notre Dame. I don't care about Indiana. So it's definitely that situation. (laughs) But it was was no issue for me because even the Sterling situation that went on in 2014 and kind of all the stuff now getting exposed or brought to light. I got a, I had a lot of friends who were on that squad. I played with UCLA, Matt Barnes, Ryan Hollins, and other guys. So mm-hmm. you definitely root for those guys. But when, when Trevor Reza, another teammate of mine at UCLA, was on the Lakers and he comes back, Jordan Farmar, another yep. teammate, you know, you root for those guys as well. So you want to see him succeed. So, you know, a lot of people give me a hard time about it, but I, I've, I've sworn allegiance to, to LeBron. So wherever LeBron goes, we go and we just try to come with whatever – Team where he's on with the most respect for the the franchise, and it's, it's it's very easy to respect the Lakers franchise, everything they've done. Obviously, the Bus family just being amazing, incredible owners, everything they've done for the city. So yeah. it wasn't really a big issue for me to 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 rock out and support this team.
1: Yeah, he certainly makes it easy. Like he, he, Sterling was the worst. The at like just just it takes a lot for for other owners to say like, all right, finally we can get rid of this guy. Finally, we can we can finally yeah. do that. Um, I want to I want to come back in a second to the the notion of like rooting for players and stuff like that, especially in the player empowerment in player empowerment era. But you mentioned some of the guys that you played with at UCLA, whether it was Trevor Ariza, Jordan Farmar, Ryan Holland, stuff like that. Um, When you played with Trevor, did you see like this kind of a career coming out of him? Because, you know, he he was he was an athletic wing, uh, couldn't really shoot as much as in college. I remember when he caught to the Lakers, I was really excited for him because I, I I grew up a UCLA fan myself. My grandparents met there. So it was like, oh, hell yeah, I, I liked this guy when I watched him play there. But I didn't think he had like a 15-year career in him. Did you Did you see anything like that?
0: Yeah, I, I've known Trevor since uh, he was 12 years old, or he might have oh. been younger than that. I'm a little bit older than him. He actually came in and take my took my spot at UCLA. So it's funny. Uh, he came and played with us like right after he finished high school, like April, Mayish, or you know, early summer. And you know, we're going at it. And I'm kind of giving him some. He's still skinny and just kind of, you know, he, he, his frame the way it is. He, yeah. he was he was very light coming in. But fast forward to like October, he comes in. He's just busting my ass. Like it's, it's and it's like <laughs> okay, I'm not, I'm not I'm not playing. Trevor, Trevor's got it. But what a lot of people don't realize about Trevor, Trevor's freshman year at UCLA, he actually I think had like a punctured lung. Issue that caused yeah. him to miss some games. Actually, had to start his place to start the season out. So he was ba- battling back from that. in his freshman year, he honestly put on the show a lot of times. I and mean, he had some ridiculous dunks, uh, yeah. that long, just you know, slender frame, D up, playing hard. And it was just stuff that you could see as an 18, 19-year-old that add to his game and develop, and he was gonna get to that point. It's tough because I think he was the same class as LeBron. So a lot of people, you know, I think LeBron might have 50-pieced him in high school. A lot of people are comparing him to LeBron, but LeBron's a grown man, you know what I'm saying? When you look yeah. at LeBron, LeBron has looked this way since he's about 18 nights. He's obviously <laughs> got a little bit bigger and stronger, but, you know, he was yeah. he, he was giving people work. as You know, he came in the league averaging 20, so you don't just really, that's not a normal thing you see, you know what I mean? So when Trevor came out, Trevor lay a little bit early, but, you know, it was, it was great for me just to see him bounce around, I things like the you know, all the different teams and finally landing in LA and it always really, really hurt me and you know, there's a business and that's how it goes. But after they won the championship, you know, you have an opportunity to get around our test. Of course, you're going to do that. But mm-hmm. I always felt like Trevor, you know, if you looked at the strides he made from the regular season to the postseason and just how he elevated his game playing with Kobe, he had a great opportunity to be Kobe, Scottie Pippen. Now, would do you put up Scottie numbers? I'm not saying that, but. To be able to be, you know, that guy on the court that can be super dependable. You know, I, I went to a couple of games around that time and just pregame Kobe and Trevor working out with each other, going at it. Yeah, and it just just under his wing. You Our relationship was really
1: cool. It was,
0: it was amazing to see. It was amazing to see <laughs> Trevor Ellie, and Farmar as well. Guys, you know, I play with the UCLA that are now on the Lakers winning championships at the parade, you know, doing all that good stuff, but I completely understand it now, but it always, it always hurt me because I thought Trevor, if he would have stayed that time around man, he could have, he could have really forged out a great career in LA and, and gone down, you know, on that same level as kind of a Cooper players like that, that are just, you know, legends that aren't necessarily, you know, the highest. I always say that because Coop, Coop deserves to be in the hall and all that good stuff, but I agree. Just, you know, you know, a guy that could get to that level in terms of he brings to the squad and being a fan favorite, being an L.A. guy and just, you know, being local. So I got nothing but love for Trev. Uh, we'll be happy to see him return to the court when he gets back. But I think even now, old, you know, Trev, Trev Trev's a, a young young soul. He's got his body still just holding up. He'll be fine once he comes in. I think this injury is going to be great for him now, so there's not too much stress on him early in the season. And now when they make that late, late season playoff push, he should be ready to go and back 100%.
1: It's always wild that every time I think about Trevor coming back, it's like it was it's really been 13 years. it's yeah. just it's insane uh, how much how, how quickly and how much time has passed um, with with Trevor though, you talked about like the the whole situation that was on our tests and how that went down and there's some reporting out there that indicates like they could have technically had them both, but Trevor wanted a bigger role and if Ron came over, he wasn't going to be able to get that role and it worked out like I think it worked out for both sides. the Lakers went out. Won a championship, Trevor went out and 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 got paid to be become one of the better three and D players in the league. It, it's 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 really cool that now it's come full circle, um as as it has. Did you when Trevor came back was that something that like you know did you did you reach out to him? Did you say like oh it, it, did you know that that might be in the works? Like it, you know, woes Josiah over here. Like how that how'd that go down?
0: I've been pestering Trevor for the last few years, like Trevor can't mess with Bron dog. Come <laughs> mess with Bron. the Lakers. But you know, Lakers didn't have the cap space. And it's like, look, if he's gonna get 15 mil to go to Phoenix, you know, Sacramento wherever he's at, yeah, yeah go take that bag. I'm I'll never be somebody who's gonna be like, yeah, Yo, you know, come come for a mid-level when you can go get 15. Like by all means. And Trevor's smart I yeah, I think it was when he signed with the Suns, but it was like right when right when free agency started, he's not waiting to see how stuff is out. It's like, man, I'm just gonna take this bread over here. I'm taking yeah. the big bag. Like I don't really care. You know, the Suns weren't. The sons then weren't the Suns now, but definitely been in his ear. Come play with LeBron. Fulfill can. the destiny. You know, come come hoist another one of these banners and go out on top with the purple and gold. So I saw Trevor uh, like about a month, a month and a half ago, and just gave him a big hug and told him how excited I was. And Trevor's just a kid. You know, if if you know Trevor, just a a great guy, does a ton of stuff in the community, not the most vocal human being, obviously, you know, with the media and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. but, you know, super quiet and kind of, that's just his thing. But a great dude, once you get to know him, funny, like one of the funniest with just low key, because you don't expect it from him, but once he gets comfortable (laughs) around you, he gets a little too comfortable and then the jokes just start flying and it's like, all right, all right, this dude's a legend. (laughs)
1: <laughs> that's great to hear. Um all right, I'm glad you brought back uh brought LeBron back up and and I'm kind of curious you mentioned this notion of like rooting for players and the player empowerment era. And and I think it's something that's really kind of fascinating that the two were born out of each other, right? Like as players are empowered and they can choose their own path, it gets more difficult to just root for a team as as people grew up rooting for teams. And and yet like I think it's great. I think it's really cool. I, now how those fan bases interact with each other, where somebody is a LeBron fan or somebody is a Russell Westbrook fan. And then you have Lakers fans and you see like the three of them. It's like the, the the office meme where the three guys are standing there with their fingers pointed at each other. Yeah. Like it, the, the interactions there can get kind of interesting, but, but yeah, this, this idea of rooting for players as they kind of chart their own path is, is a new, revelation in this era and and I'm just kind of curious like do you think do you think the notion of rooting for the jersey and and all of that is going to fall more by the wayside and give way to more of rooting for players as they just jump around the way that they do
0: I mean it really franchise I mean you look at a franchise like the Lakers organization you know historically and traditionally. They're not afraid to go into the the, the the luxury tax. They're not afraid to spend to give the fans the high-quality product. Obviously, before LeBron mm-hmm. came, they had a downtime, but that is what it is. Kobe's kind of, you know, finishing up his career. You're going to respect Kobe. Kobe wanted to play 10 more years. That just is what it is. Like, everything he's done to the, the franchise. I think for me, getting older now, it's tough being a LeBron guy. I used to really go at it with Kobe fans, but always the level of respect, too. But we mm-hmm. would more attack each other trying to insult each other. And you see the same thing with like LeBron and Steph fans now, where it becomes, I'm not really, you know, I have a ton of respect for Kobe as a basketball player, but I'm trying to insult his fans and get under their skin and rub <laughs> the wrong way. And you yeah. know, we're all we're all battling and fighting each other. So when he came to the Lakers, I think it was, it was great because now there was that ability to, you know, you know, let bygones be bygones, put all that aside. And obviously now it's a common goal. And even Kobe co-signing for him, you know, seeing just the videos of those two's relationships, love and respect they have for each other as hoopers and, you know, having Kobe's blessing for LeBron to come to the Lakers. So, you know, in 2018 when it happened, it was just like – I knew it was gonna to be tough. Obviously, Lakers fans, I'm sure, like like a lot of a lot of people had their preconceived notions of, of LeBron and what LeBron fans are. But at least from my standpoint, it was just coming in being respectful of the franchise, or organization, and saying, "Look, you know, you know, I know you guys think LeBron just coming here to be Hollywood. I know you think his fans are the same way. But we're really, you know, when we come and we support and we go, we we ride and we go hard for for where yeah. we're at. So I think that's been the main thing. It was definitely a it was a little rough patch at first. Obviously, the first season, not making the playoffs. I think LeBron suffering the hamstring injury and all that good stuff. People realize, but, you know, there's no such thing as nuance on on social and on Twitter. If they didn't make the playoffs, LeBron played every game and he just played terrible. And that's just how we have to look at it. We can't factor in the 30, 40 games he missed. That just doesn't count. You know, but, you know, the next season going to the bubble, winning the championship, I think really opened a lot of people's eyes and just kind of who the man he was, obviously, especially in light of, of losing Kobe. Uh, in the tragic fashion that it happened and how that team was able just to rally together and win one for the Mamba, I think, was just an amazing thing to be a part of and see. It was super sad, though, you know, during the pandemic, not being able to go to games. Yeah. Not being able to, I know a lot of people were still out on the streets turning up. I wasn't one of them. But, you know, to have the Dodgers and the Lakers both win within a week or two of each other and not as a city still being able to really turn up and celebrate it, like still haven't done the parade, still haven't done the things that are are necessary to really just show love in this city. You know when this city, you know, I was at the Lakers parade on oh, 08 when when Trevor was still here. And the whole city shut down. I mean, you know, like yeah. looking at Figueroa, oh, looking man. at every, I mean, it was yeah. one of the most insane thing. I was out there with the camera film and I almost got just like steamrolled by all these fans and anybody who saw a camera was running up to it screaming. I remember I'm in front of the Coliseum and like the cops are looking at me like, yo, what are you doing? Cause I'm trying to hype the crowd up. But next thing I know, I'm just like engulfed by like a thousand Lakers fans and it's getting like tense. So I got to like duck out real quick. And I, I go walk by the cops are like, yo, that wasn't, that wasn't a good idea. I'm like, yeah, you, you might be right. But
1: so just to see yeah. the way the
0: city rallies behind and turns that up so i think you know as lebron fans we kind of like i said we get we get a lot of, of negativity thrown at us from from the perception that people think they have at us oh you can't be a fan of this you can't be a fan of that but when you look at, at nba franchises in this whole tank era you know they're not they're not taking ticket prices they're still charging that same full yeah. amount right to give you a, a piece of crap product that as a fan you know i understand being loyal to, you know if you're born in the city if you're born in philly being a Sixers fan all that good stuff but now there comes a point to when this franchise is still charging you egregious rates, uh, you know, they're still charging you that, that a level product yeah. right? and they're not giving you that product and not the Sixers, obviously they're, they're, they've, they've been performing well, but, Other teams. Yeah. mm -hmm. It was like, hey, you're still gonna pay full price for these tickets, even though we suck and we're deliberately tanking and we're not even trying to win these games because we want to get a good draft pick. It's like, how is a fan? Are you supposed to be like, all right, let's go. rah rah rah, Let's go. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's like, come on, give me a break. It was that feeling with the Clippers, right? Like I was I was a Clippers fan, you know, when I was coming up just because my dad played there and I didn't feel like I had any other option. You know what I'm saying? Like he's not gonna look at me. But a lot of people (laughs) don't realize, too, that my dad actually almost went to the Lakers at one point in his career. Donald Sterling caught wind of it, put the kibosh on it. Mm. He had he had broken his neck and he was making a comeback, and he ended up going to the Warriors instead. But the Lakers wanted to sign him, and you know, so there's definitely that history there. But I think for us, it's just just having a respect for the franchise. And really, you know, you can support players. I'm, I'm a grown man. And I feel like whoever you want to support, support. Like, nobody needs to be able to tell you what to do. You have your reasons. And it's funny now to see, especially with this Lakers squad this year, you got the Westbrook fans coming in. You get the Mellow fans coming in. You know, you got the White fans. You know, you have yeah. all these different sector fans who maybe historically – weren't 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 the best of friends and now have to align themselves and it's like rondo look, and russ is just perfect you know, it's just- i mean it's one of the most it, this is basketball though i think at the, on the outside level you see that and you're like man there's no way this is going to be able to work out like how they'll, they'll do it. but as soon as you get in the locker room with these dudes they're cracking yeah. jokes like dudes don't really have as much of a beef as people would like to think even guys that have fought each other like you know that's yeah. that's the court side of them once they get off the court they're kind of different people so it's been great to see i'm super excited about it. i'm just hoping this squad can stay healthy and go ahead and raise that banner
1: Get healthy. Like, let's, let's get healthy and then stay healthy. Yeah. yeah you gotta,
0: you gotta, it's like every week it's like, Oh, THC out. Oh, Trev's out. Oh, just like, damn dog. Like we already yeah. are, thin. We are, we already, we you know, but now with this extra roster spot, I just feel like traditionally like the Lakers have always made that kind of obscene move. And it was like the Powell trade back in the day, which I actually ended up working out with, with Mark, you know, Mark ended up becoming a great player. But at, at the time it was like, damn, how are we getting one of these BS trades? I would love to see that happen. You know, the, cp3 trade they got they got mixed by yeah. the league it was like damn dog, how you keep how y'all keep doing this then we get the westbrook <laughs> trade this year and i just feel like one more we need one more move that really just solidified and, and have it ready to go
1: yeah the the I, I the whole different fan bases and different you know it's it's so different for me because like i'm I'm, I, man, I'm going to sound super, I'm old enough to remember, but like, it's, it's really, it, it actually really kind of makes it all the more enjoyable. It's just kind of like diversity in general, right? Like the, the notion of welcoming, welcoming more people, despite the differences that you guys might have, because at the end of the day, you are going to have that one goal in mind. Like if, if that goal is accomplished then that's all that, that, that should really matter. Um, I, you mentioned your dad in passing and him potentially, you know, coming back to the Lakers. Your fandom for your, your, your respect for LeBron, your dad was like one of the first, uh, I guess, point forwards, right. Was, was the term that he even used, I believe in Milwaukee, somebody got hurt and then they asked him, Hey, can you play point guard? Um, And he approached the sport that way. And, and I'm just kind of curious, like with uh, LeBron is, is that something like LeBron is this era's point forward. Is that something that, you know, sparked your interest in LeBron in the first place or was it just, no, that guy was a bad dude because he was a, a bad dude. <laughs> so,
0: so my dad wasn't the first point forward, but as he, them, yeah. as, he, as, he, as he always like to say, though, he coined the term point forward. Guys that played yeah. that position, the position didn't really have a terminology then. And then I think it was a early 80s series against the Nets. He always tells the story. So we have a beating in our head. But, <laughs> uh, you know, Don Nelson, who's his coach, is like, Mark, so I want you to initiate the offense. I think they, they their point guards were, were hurt. He's like, all right. So instead of a point guard, I'm a point forward. He's like, yeah, I like that. Like you know, so, and then who would have known? Now if he would have copywritten it, and then you know, there was right. Be no, this is an actual be podcast
1: here, about that. I think now <laughs> be out here
0: balling and getting it, and it's a point of contention. But for me, LeBron, I had I. Had the, LeBron was one of those first, and there's been tons of guys obviously throughout the years who have just become just you know you hear about you know pre real like social media. You know, obviously we had AOL and semester and all that stuff, but LeBron was just a guy that you heard the name and everybody knew who he was. And there's always that guy every couple of years or so who's, who's got all the hype, but just to see the way he lived up to, but actually my fandom for LeBron started, uh, I want to say it was 2003. He was in high school. He played at UCLA, a game at UCLA. I want to say maybe against Trevor or or modern day. I can't remember if it was Westchester or modern day. We were actually out of town on a road trip, but uh, they used our locker room and SI was there doing a story on LeBron. So they had several photos. So LeBron actually ended up using my locker. And I remember Whoa. seeing the sports illustrated like a week or two, you know, after that point, That's I was like, oh, crazy. Dude, like, like, you see the Johnson chair, you see him out there stretching <laughs> out in front of my joint. So I just, yeah. had, I was like, Oh, right, he makes good decisions. I'm a rock with this dude. And just to see the way he's come in the league with so much hype, so much fanfare, but lived up to it. A guy who's never really had a ton of issues. If you want to throw the decision out there, if you want to throw his commentary on China. Like those are the two biggest strikes or dings against LeBron. This is a family man who's opened schools, who's literally taken the torch and, and really elevated the game to the next level. Got the NBA to, you know, this point now where guys are making ridiculous amounts of money and these CBAs where players are just getting, you know, at the highest level, you know, balling out and has led this player movement charge, a player empowerment charge it really has guys understanding how much of a brand they are and using their voice. And, you know, in years past, that was a thing that was frowned upon. If guys started to get too vocal, you know, I think about guys like yeah. Craig Hodges, who was more or less blackballed from the NBA for some of his mm-hmm. political stances. But nowadays you guys, guys like LeBron, Melo, CP3, you know, guys Dang. really using their platform to really go out there and raise awareness about things, you know, CP3 rocking the HBCU jerseys everywhere in the bubble and just leading that movement in that charge, but guys that are really using their platforms to help, Change the world and make it a better place. When you look at LeBron and just the uh, the impact he's had on player empowerment, you know, being bigger than all of the other professional yeah, leagues combined on the social, yeah, just all the stuff he's done, man, and and how that's trickled down. And now you're seeing guys that are really, really careful about their brand and how they move. So it's, for me, it's just an exciting thing to
1: see. Yeah, it's 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 a new era that he's kind of ushered in, and and yeah, like I I, I enjoy the brand era. I, I enjoy parts of that. I also. I also like that there are athletes, you know, or, or more athletes are just like comfortable kind of sort of being themselves, you know, like if you're goofy, like the, the the Lopez brothers, right? They just lean completely into being goofy Disney fans. And it's just, it's just part of like who they are now and part of what they've become. And, and I think he's really been a big part of that. All right, um, right. Let's, uh, let's get out of here. This is part of, this is, this ends every show. As everybody knows, my most embarrassing sports moment was recorded because Harrison is a snitch. And he throws that up there on on Twitter every chance that he possibly gets. So uh, as I do with everybody here at the end of the show and the at the end of their uh, their their first time on the show, I'm going to ask you: Do you have a most embarrassing sports moment?
0: Yeah. So most embarrassing sports moment, uh, I was I think it was like my sophomore year at UCLA. Uh, we're in practice, and we we would film every practice, but. In practice, uh, Matt Barnes drives down the lane. I'm guarding Matt. drives down the lane. I'm like a deer in headlights. Like I'm like, damn. <laughs> like I see him like looking at me, but he has this look in his eyes. Like he's literally just about to try to end my life. Oh, and I'm just like frozen there. <laughs> like I can't. You know, I've never as a hooper like as a hooper. I'm generally like I always know. Like, all right, let me get out of the way.
1: Yeah, business let me get decision.
0: Out of the way. Bus- yeah, it's a business decision. Let me get out of the way. So, but Matt's coming down. We kind of lock eyes, and I'm just frozen there, paralyzed. But he like cocks back and just knocks <laughs> oh, all over me. To the point where, like, he ducks all over me, the entire practice starts laughing. My team, his team, we were doing like a, you know, a scrimmage at that point. Uh, I remember trying to inbound the, the ball to my point guard, Jason Flowers, who was was on the second team with me. And it took like a good 10 seconds to inbound the ball because he was laughing so hysterically. <laughs> he, he was in, I'm, and I'm sitting there, I'm about to cry. Like, I, I really just, like, it's embarrassing. Like, I don't, I'm looking around, like, thankfully, it's not a a game. So that that's number one. Number two, we're playing Arizona uh Andre Iguodala I'm guarding oh, him man. he rises up and there's actually a photo of this on AP and it looks like he dunks on me but he actually missed the dunk I think um. I fouled too but I remember <laughs> just taking him after that like bro like, I know
1: this would have been on Center if it went in
0: so just thank you for missing that dog I like, appreciate you
1: <laughs> I mean that's the tough part especially if you're playing a wing if you're if you're if you're playing small forward and stuff you're playing the best athletes in the sport and so eventually yeah. you are going to get dunked on you just got to hope that it's not that bad I, you have, know, you I have no
0: business guarding Iggy. I'll just say that, like,
1: <laughs> very few people did, especially one, in college. <laughs> one of us was a Finals
0: MVP. The other one was me. So I definitely, uh, you know.
1: Well, but in fairness, uh, I bet Iggy isn't as good at, at Twitter as you are. So you know who's really he's winning? Close. He's
0: he's Iggy. He, I feel like if Iggy <laughs> devoted himself to Twitter like I have. He could be one one of the greats on this platform because he'll come with some heaters all the time. He's definitely dropped some like light skinned gyms and things like that. Where it's like, that, like <laughs> you're a pro athlete, you can't be talking like us regular Twitter folk, dog. But I definitely respect him.
1: Yeah, I, I guess, I guess while we're on, like, I, I, I don't think I've given this story on the show, but um, Bobby Brown, the guy who played for uh, Sacramento there for a bit, went to Cal State Fullerton, LA and uh, I went to Cal State Fullerton and uh we were just they had just built this brand new rec center It was this gorgeous facility and i would go there like at the end of at the end of my day or whatever and some of the guys from the team would go and they would play pickup against some of the guys that were just the normal folk like myself and then uh we we're playing there one time and and walked bobby brown and he goes hey man can i can i slide he asked the then shooting guard this is like gerard williams or something like that he asked uh he asked gerard him hey you mind What's that?
0: Gerard had like a forty three inch vert, right? Right. It was, it was most I've seen things I've seen, but
1: he used to uh, walk around Cal State Fortune bouncing uh, tennis balls to work on his handle. He would just like just everywhere he walked it, at Cal State Fortune, he was always working on it. So Gerard like steps aside and uh in steps Bobby Brown. I was guarding Gerard. So I go from like one guy who could end my life in a second to an a, an actual NBA player. I'm <laughs> just sitting here like What the hell? So Bobby drives, he's on the left wing. He drives middle and I'm just kind of sliding with him and he goes up and it didn't even look like he elevated. Like he didn't, you know, you can kind of tell people go like the one, two step and then they really get up. Well, he just kind of like just popped up. So I figured, Oh, like I can, I can pretend like I'm playing defense here. And then he just like kept going up and he kept going up and then he kept going up and I kept going down. And at that point he dunks it. Not only did he dunk it, but the ball goes through the rim catches me in the face. And because there were other guys from the team playing there, there was a, like a pretty decent little crowd there. Just random people who weren't even playing. Girls, everything, were just pointing and laughing at this moron who thought he could challenge Bobby Brown at the room And
0: hey, you know <laughs> what? You know, like, like Perk said, like, if if you don't go try and, you know, block those, you know, how your teammates supposed to respect you. So I think, you know, I'll just attribute it. It's weird, though, because we look at getting dunked on as like, like the worst thing imaginable. And it's really not that big of a deal. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're just trying to play defense to stop (laughs) from But for some reason, like, that's now become the mental stigma that that'll follow you around for the rest of your life. Yeah, and it's like I think of like Chris Gatling and Sean Kemp and just things like that, where it's just like, <laughs> like that—that's what you're going to be known for, not like being an all-star and having a, you know a solid NBA career. Like, oh, you do Sean Kemp yammed yeah, all over,
1: but it is what it is. The game yeah, is I, the game. I told Bobby, I was like, "Hey, man, give me warning next time you're going to elevate like that," because he literally didn't even look like he tried to jump. It was just like I thought he was just going off of like one foot. Just I'm just going to go up there and lay it up. No, it was just, bam, and then I was a dead person. So here I am. All right, man. Well, this has been an absolute blast. You can check uh, Josiah's stuff out out of pocket on Buckets. Uh, you're going to check out the Colin in Black and White, which is airing uh, October 29th on Netflix. He is at Josiah King Josiah 54, which if you're following me or the show and not him, you're doing it wrong. Thank you very much, Josiah, for hopping on. I really, really appreciate it.
0: Appreciate you having me. Best of luck. And hopefully next time we do this, it'll be a uh, Lakers with banner number 18 and we'll be turning up at a parade. We got to get you out to LA to come and come and really turn up.
1: <laughs> I'm down. I'm, I'm 100% down. Talk to you soon, man.